it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada with episode number 70. Yes, we've hit 70 episodes of The Yacking Show. This is where we talk about life, business and more and we bring you tips and ideas for the very changing world we find ourselves in right at the moment. As always, we have an interesting lineup of guests and today's guest is no exception. Somebody that is really getting into the changes that are going on but uh, I don't want to preempt Kathleen's way of introducing the show. Before I hand over to her, if you're enjoying our shows, please hit the subscribe button underneath where you're watching. We'd love you to subscribe and then you won't miss the next episode. And if you'd like to give us a like on this and other videos, that would make our day. Enough for me. Let's introduce my co-host, Kathleen from Waterloo. How are we doing today, Kathleen? Hello, Peter. We're doing great. And uh, despite the overcast, uh, you know, weather out there, it's okay. We're, we're hanging in. We're hanging in. And thank you all so very much for tuning in to our show. We so appreciate you. And we enjoy reading your comments, so please keep them coming. And if anyone out there is interested in becoming a guest on our show, please don't hesitate to reach out to either Peter or myself. And as Peter said, we have a, a, another special guest with us today. Her name is Kimberly Newdorf. Welcome, Kimberly. Kimberly is a, an energetic and socially conscious lady who is a crusader for the rights and freedoms of Canadians. And today, this episode may be controversial. In fact, I would say it is controversial in this day and age, but we feel that is important for everybody to hear a different perspective and to hear all perspectives actually. So while the mainstream media may be telling you one story, I think there's another perspective out there and we must keep an open mind and listen to, to another one. And so, on that note, welcome Kimberly. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. It was a real pleasure to uh, meet Peter at the first rally or the second rally. Second rally, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Wow, no. wasn't, I'm gonna jump in quick. I, just to say, wasn't that an experience? The energy in, in the, the 2000 people there was uh, really good to see. Yeah, I'm stealing yeah. Kathleen's thunder. Sorry, <laughs> Kathleen, no, no, I keep doing that. No, not at all, Peter. Uh, Kimberly, do tell our audience a little bit about your background and what led you to become so passionate about this topic, which is the rights and freedoms of Canadians. Well, I think it began with, with the fact that I've always uh, tried to have, well, we ha have homeschooled. We, we homeschool, um, we take part with natural health as much as we can. And quite frankly, I don't tell people about it because there's, there was never really any need. Um, but because of what's happened this year, those things are really under threat. So, and there's really no place to move to, or we would leave everyone alone and just go somewhere else. <laughs> but it seems that there, there isn't any choice. Um, and so for the world that I, I would like to have for my children, I didn't see any other option than to do what I'm doing right now. Which is? Um, well, I've, I've been following along obviously since March, like everybody else or whenever this, this started. And I have a few moms across the world that I really enjoy following. And, and I think it's just part of my personality or, or what I've always been interested in. But I, I admired how they got people together and they had these peaceful protests. And 
and it seemed to make a really big difference in a great way for networking and things like that. And I thought, wow, I really want to do that. And then my youngest daughter, she, she already made her own t-shirt back in March, like reopen the playgrounds and, you know, she'd wear it around town and, and um, you know, some people were like, why did you wait? Uh, like, why are you doing it now? And I'm like, well, I guess I should have done it in March, really. <laughs> but uh, as I followed these other moms and, and what they were doing in their communities, it like the natural step for me to take. Very good. So I'm going to jump in here. You know, <clears throat> we see a young woman and, and I admire you for your tenacity and, and your courage and speaking out and your organizational abilities. Um, I think a lot of people, a lot of your supporters and, and perhaps some of your opponents would see you as a modern day Joan of Arc. Now, Joan of Arc was seen as a, uh, the savior of France, but she was also criticized and, of course, burnt at the stake eventually. So I know that you get a lot of criticism. My son lives in the same town as you, and uh, he introduced us, in fact, and he tells me of some of the flack you're catching on social media and from the mayor and all this. How, how do you handle that and still stay cheerful, stay cheerful? I guess it's just that you don't go into this and expect anything else. Uh, it seems quite natural that that's what it would be like. I mean, that's what it is like all over the world. Mm -hmm. So in a way, you know, you can forgive other people for how they're acting uh, because, you know, you, you chalk it up to their afraid and, you know, people don't act like they usually would any other year. People, you know, it, it's right in your face now, um, everywhere you go. So people are tense and, and it just makes sense. So I'm not really surprised and it doesn't really bother me very much at all. It just seems to be expected. So, you know, if there's people around me, you just have where I live, then you just have to make sure you talk to people. And I mean, if you're going to do this sort of thing, you really have to embrace it and not be afraid of people or a conversation. So that's, that's really important. And just to be clear, Kimberly, what we're talking about um, and in, in case we were a little bit fuzzy on this, is when we say the rights and freedoms of Canadians, what you're specifically advocating uh, against are the lockdowns as well as the mask wearing, correct? Yeah, uh, definitely the lockdowns and, and all of the uh, government overreach into every part of our lives, you know, the into the church. The church never closed in mm -hmm. what? all of history, I don't think. 2,000 years, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's unconstitutional in a major way. <laughs> and, uh, you know, as far as the mask, I'm not a fan of the mask. And it's, it's just a, a real visual cue to get people to go naturally against each other. You know, before, people had no idea what I thought or how I raised my family. I didn't shove it in anyone's faces. Um, but now everything's shoved in everyone's face. So it's a nice little tool that's used to divide people. I mean, if some people think it helps for their health, um, so be it. You know, that's, that's their choice. I, I research, and I, you know, lots of people do, but not very many, I sometimes think, <laughs> when you look at what's going on now. Mm -hmm. um, but, it, you know, I, I've done my own research about, about health and um, you know, I found that the mask is not really beneficial in any way, so. Right, and let's, let's discuss that for a moment because I think you're right. There's a lot of people that rely on mainstream media for their information. And what you're hearing in mainstream is really quite different than what the alternative news sources are, are, are telling you. Mm -hmm. 
and it's it may be confusing for some people but for people like yourself that have actually done a deeper dive into the statistics and into the studies are there really any studies to support that masks mask wearing is is an effective way of combating or staving off a, a virus yeah i i don't believe there's actually any scientific studies that prove that um peter do you know <laughs> I, I for another project i was doing a lot of research last night and i I have pages of references to studies that attempted to show masks were effective against the spread of influenza. And it's proven that they were totally ineffective. There was no difference between the control group. There's one or two studies that indicated there was some measure of protection, but when other peers evaluated that, they found fault with the methodology. So there is no conclusive, especially on a field trial basis, evidence that masks work to stop the spread of any virus. There is conclusive evidence that scientific and anecdotal that masks can be harmful to the wearer. And that is very clear. But of course, the mainstream media don't want to print that either, do they? So <laughs> I'm 100% with you on that one. And I've done a lot of research on that for other purposes. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, it's really interesting. There's this one mom that I met at our first rally, and she has a child that was born without an immune system, actually. And uh, so she ended up having to go, like, she almost lost her child two times um, and he can die from you know the cold mm -hmm. getting a cold which yeah. could be COVID-19 for all we know <laughs> mm -hmm. so anyway um, you know she she's been through a lot of trials with that and she was in Toronto and her son had to get a, a bone marrow transplant to rebuild his immune system and now he's he's perfectly fine and she asked them because they have to go every year um, if he should be wearing a mask and they're like, no, a healthy child should not be wearing a mask. Sure. And he's got a great immune system. I mean, they built it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so they come to the rallies and and their child is building their immune system just like any other year. Any other child. It, and he's, he's doing really well. And she's been through, you know, horrendous situations. So when she goes around looking at everyone, she's like, what on earth is going on? <laughs> Um, but I am doing a video of her. She came to tell her story because I would love, would have loved if she would speak at a rally, but she would rather you know, do a video. So I'm going to mm -hmm. be putting her story together. Um, she explains it. It's really interesting. I mean, even there was a study, she said, in this, the United States um, with kids that have the same thing as, as her child went through. And they, they did a study and they found that masks and gowning up for that situation didn't help at all. Right. And her son was, you know, delayed verbally for two, like two years. He didn't see their face because of all his treatments. Mm -hmm. And she said, why are we doing this here? If this study, you know, so right. already years ago, she was battling against having a mask um, mm -hmm. when she was in a life-threatening situation. And so, you know, they just said, well, these are the protocols we've done for years and that's how we do it. Um, but she brought that to their attention. So that was a really interesting perspective. Good. So, I mean, you were at a, a freedom rally in Aylmer, Ontario, Canada, then uh, a few weeks ago. Are you finding, and, and more people than expected actually showed up to this particular rally. Are you yeah. finding that the movement is gaining more support? I think so. You know, the, the first rally was just a huge surprise. I, in 24 hours, we had 300 people show up. That's not a lot of notice. 
So, you know, if you need a parade, I'm your girl. (laughs) 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 But anyway, you know, that just showed that there are so many people that you don't even see that are over this. And then the, uh, and, and that have done their own research and, you know, don't agree with what's going on. And then with more notice, obviously, there was a lot more people that came out, like 2000 people to the mm-hmm. second one. And it was miraculous. So that so many people come up to me, and they're so thankful. It's like, they just kind of explain it to me, like they haven't been with people for such a long time. Mm-hmm. And they were losing hope. And they come and they hear so much valuable information. And such enthusiasm and kind people and are just so encouraged and they're they're so so thankful that someone provided that space for them to get together so i i think it encourages people and then what comes out of that is somebody else decides to do it in their community and more people can come together it's been really good so um, just to um, just to jump in again, Peter, I'm, I'm curious, Kimberly, do you think that there's what exactly would be the agenda to what's happening in the world right now in terms of, of the lockdowns? Is it, have you delved into this more deeply as to what may be going on and behind all of it? Yeah, well, I think... know it's a deep rabbit hole and we only sure. have a few minutes to get into. Yeah. But No, I know. But honestly, when you lock an entire world down, you're going to get all kinds of stories. Like that's what people do. People are shut up and they're not allowed to live their lives. They're going to come up with all kinds of crazy things. And some things could very well be right. And some things could be completely off the wall, but I wouldn't expect any less. I mean, people are storytellers and people conspire all the time. And um, if you, if people don't like that those things are happening, um, they just don't know people like that's how how humans are I mean it doesn't at this point look like it's because of a virus at all I mean I think me just like anybody else probably was slightly afraid at some point because we are compassionate human beings and you know fear is something that everyone experiences but you have to you have to get above just being afraid and take a big view from above and um, and just sort it out that way. And at any rate, if you're not free, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. So um, if you should always err, I don't think it's an error, but you should always go towards freedom because people will be healthier. People will be more profitable, richer, um, and all their needs will be met. Yeah, if it's free. absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> So I heard your legal advisor speak at the rally in Aylmer, and it was pretty clear that some of these restrictions definitely contravene parts of the Charter of Rights, our own Canadian Charter, our Constitution, the Police Act, and the United Nations Charter of Rights, and even the Nuremberg Convention. That this, It's absolutely clear to even me with no legal training that there is something vastly wrong here. So do you want to expand on that for a couple of minutes for our, our listeners? Oh, sure. Um, Well, I was getting a lot of intimidation, you know, from, I should find the letter. Is that what you want me to do here? Find the the letter? Yeah. Um, Anyway, here. Oh, here they are. Sorry. Well, we had a lot of intimidation 
uh, and it was it was hard to tell, you know, how it was going to go. First of mm-hmm. all, we were considering canceling the second rally only because it was a family event and we're peaceful people and everyone coming is not going to cause a problem, which has been proven everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but the counter protesters are very, you know, not lovey-dovey. <laughs> And their online presence is really quite threatening. So we were going to wait it out. You know, we're like, well, we'll we'll wait. Maybe by Thursday, it. You know, we thought the parking lot would be full of car rallies that didn't want us to be there and loud music. So we didn't really know um, what to expect. So we were thinking about that. But um, then an emergency order came out by our mayor, which is <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> gave gave you all the publicity you wanted. <laughs> It sure did. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she knows what she's doing. And then, you know, she was trying to, to take take some action so that, uh, you know, overriding the Constitution and making it so that there would be no exemptions. Like, if you had an exemption, it, you know, it wouldn't matter and you, you'd have to tell them why. And then they could charge people for not wearing a mask. That was kind of ballsy, I feel. Like, mm-hmm. who does that? That's kind of messing with I don't know history and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and law uh, but anyways it uh, you know I wasn't sure where to go from there but I have some people you know that I get to dialogue with some mentors to help me through this and they're like well it doesn't say you can't have it and so at this point we just we just thought well we better do it there's people coming from all over the place who can't exactly not have them come. no and it it's a great opportunity for the town. Like all my town cares about is a vibrant downtown, mm-hmm. but they closed their town. <laughs> so they missed out on all the friendly people coming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a couple of restaurants didn't though. I mean, there was one. Yes. And they, they were, had their doors open. They were waving as everyone walked past. And I believe they're getting a lot of support for that. So yes. I've heard. Yes. Yeah. That, that was wonderful. That was, yeah, you're right. There are a few. Uh, yeah. But um, but then I, I was really fortunate because I'm a member at Vaccine Choice Canada. So every week I get to be on the Zoom calls uh, with them, just listening to what's mm-hmm. going on. And Rafa Galati's also there. Um, sometimes he, he talks on there. So that's why I joined uh, back in the spring because I wanted to find out what was going on with the lawsuit and I wanted mm-hmm. to be part of it and donate and see what I could do. Uh, so anyway... Um, Giselle was Giselle Barabo is from Vaccine Choice Canada mm-hmm. and she was speaking at and uh, she got me in touch with Rocco and I got to explain what was going on and so he did write a letter on my behalf uh, to the mayor and to the police uh, because of the unnecessary intimidation excellent excellent and so he yeah it was it was good he said um to declare a state of emergency, even if you had the jurisdiction and had the required prerequisites to do so, is beyond the pale and an abuse of power and authority. It is also an unacceptable intimidation tactic. If such abusive action is directed at my client again, a class action will be commenced against you and your municipality. <laughs> With Lovely stuff. Amazing. So, so Kimberly, you know, it's, it's interesting to me because when you think of how the mainstream media actually ignores the protests going on all over the world, and in fact, there have been some major protests in Berlin, London, yeah. in Toronto, 
and yet you're not you're not getting a whiff of it on mainstream media. Why is that? I mean, this should be big news because we're talking thousands of people. Yeah. Well, the one thing that was really encouraging is that um, in our town, unfortunately, this this church is really targeted as well, and they're very active in the freedom movement, like. Uh, Pastor Henry Hildebrandt, he speaks in mm -hmm. Toronto quite a bit, etc. And uh, when I planned the first rally, they were so happy because they wanted to do this sort of thing, um, but they don't want to be blamed for it. <laughs> so I said, sure, I'll do it. I'll be like, I mean, that's great. So we planned it for the first one on purpose that not very many people from their community would come because we didn't know how many people not from their would show up and we didn't mm. want it to look like a church event per se. You sure. know what I so we carefully did that on purpose and and it was um it was wonderful because there are so many more people than just them. Now when it came to the um to the press it was really interesting because they had to admit that oh this happened and he was away because he was um speaking in Toronto that day mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. they had to say oh there's like a couple thousand people in Toronto at a rally so our protest made sure that the Toronto rally Toronto was recognized <laughs> excellent excellent yeah so I'm going to jump in with a quick one I am you probably aware but it hasn't appeared anywhere in the mainstream media that the Supreme Court of Portugal on Friday I think it was Friday Thursday or Friday mm -hmm. the Supreme Court of Portugal said that the lockdown and quarantine in Portugal was illegal because the government had declared an emergency on the basis of a test that was conclusively inaccurate. So the wow. Supreme Court of Portugal has overturned the quarantine regulations. Now, CNN, none of them are publishing that. I only found that on things like Gab and MeWe, the alternative social media sites, right? They've dug it out. Oh. And there was another big protest in Denmark where they're trying to put a very onerous law through restricting people's rights and allowing police to go in their houses, etc. So huge numbers of people beat pots and pans outside of their legislative assembly until the government agreed to withdraw the law and reconsider it. So, and that's not reported in the mainstream media. Wow. I can't wait till that happens here. Like what happened in Portugal. Yeah. Incredible. I'll send you the link to that one. Uh, I have Thanks. it. Uh, Kathleen, yeah, it's unfortunate you. that doesn't get into the into no. the news. Uh, no. No. It would help. I mean, that's all people sure. seem to watch, but it's a big deal, and it's not just a few people, obviously, that think like like what I'm doing. In oh, town. there's lots, there's lots, yeah. but most people are too frightened to stand up because they're worried about fines and this sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I'm going to jump in quick. You know. Um, I, I've been through a few experiences of oppression in my life. It cost me really dearly. It almost cost me my life. And I saw it firsthand in Rwanda, the start of the genocide in Rwanda. Um, I was there just as that started. And people said, I, I can't believe that a million people can be killed. And I said, well, you better. because." And I'm telling people now that if you don't stand up for your freedom and your rights right at the beginning, this thing goes like a bushfire. And we are, my fear is we're seeing what's happening now is very similar to what happened in Germany in 1938-39, right? And, and yeah. yet very few people can connect the dots and it scares me. So I'm so glad people like you are drawing attention to this. I, it's, this show's not about me, it's about you. So I'll keep quiet and go back to Kathleen. Oh, no. I'm really story. interested in your story. Quite frankly, I read about you. 
idea. He does have an interesting story. So, so Kimberly, I think you mentioned that the criticism kind of is just like water off duck's back, but do you ever fear for your personal safety or and your liberty or for that that of your families? Uh, No, uh, not for my actions. I just feel uh, afraid more from the government's actions Mm -hmm. and that worries me far more. And most hate is is online anyway. It's not really in person. It's not like, well, so far. I mean, it's 2020, who knows what's gonna happen, but <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's fine. We're pretty uh, confident. Good. And That's so good. how do people go about finding out when the next rallies are? Like, how does this information get, get de- de- uh, you know, shared with the masses? Yeah, I feel like it seems to be Facebook oddly. I only joined, I mean, I used to be on Facebook and then I quit a long time ago and I just joined again in June just for this, just to be the voice on the news articles that instead of always cheering on what, what they're saying, like, you know, all the propaganda. So I was, you know, adding that other voice on news and then I created this community like people liked it or I noticed, you know, what they thought. And then, so that's what all my contacts and my friends, friends, you know, the people are that I'm connected with on Facebook. And I, I think you just share it that way. And then Instagram. So it seems to be social media. Right. And if, if people want to contact you directly, do you have a website? Yeah. After the second rally, I started KimberlyNewdorf.com. I, I <laughs> just found to put it. Up Oh, great. Yeah, just to put up uh, articles and questions that we sure. got from the media and things we'll people, tell people always about ask that. us. Yeah, I, I got another. Kathleen, can I ask Absolutely. another question quickly? Um, I know that you're a woman of faith and you're involved in the church. My concern is that, as you mentioned earlier, it's the first time history churches have been closed, that in my living memory, churches have always sided with the oppressed. If we think of the noise the churches, the mainstream churches make about the Syrian refugees, do you remember a couple of years ago, the churches were, were castigating the government for not doing more to help the Syrian refugees. Mm-hmm. Any uh, prisoners uh, in, in America, these establishment of sanctuary cities, churches are all behind that. They help the homeless. Uh, anyone who's oppressed, churches help. Now, suddenly the whole world is being oppressed and the churches are aiding and abetting the government in doing it. What has happened? Yeah, it's, it's an amazing thing. I think, honestly, I think churches are... They, they don't remember what they're for. They, yeah. I don't think they realize the authority that they have, that they're actually not underneath government. Government is underneath the church and, you know, or, they, you know, there's different sections of, sure. of, you know, there's the family, there's the church, and, you know, these things sort of overlap. But the government is overreaching far too far into all the domains it's not meant to be in. And it used to be, obviously, that the church would snap back that. That's right. Know? Yeah, that's um, what I'm getting at. Yeah. But that doesn't happen anymore. I think, I think churches are afraid of, of their people. I think for a long time, or their congregation, I mean, I think for a long time we've been trying to be very, you know, peacemakers, very agreeable, very, like, we want to attract people more than actually helping them, like, actually serving them or mm-hmm. getting mm-hmm. what they need, more trying to be their friend instead of what you're supposed to be as a church. 
Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's been lost. So they don't really know the power that they have or the ability that they can have to actually lead. I mean, they could all lead everybody out of this mess really quickly. Absolutely. You know, I was saying to someone the other day, I happen to be Anglican, um, but the two biggest mainstream churches are essentially Anglican, if you like, and um, and Roman Catholic, right? So I said to someone the other day, if the Pope or the Archbishop of Canterbury, just using those two, if one of those had stood up and said, hang on, to governments all over the world, you can't do this, they would have been such a famous, renowned, popular world leader. Can you imagine how people would have suddenly gone back to church if they'd seen that sort of leadership? Yeah. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. No. You know, I'm just talking about those two denominations because I'm more familiar with them, but it could well have been someone else, Presbyterian or Lutheran, whatever. Sure. None of, none of them have stepped up, apart from your, your local Henry Halberstadt. Uh, yeah. he's, he's doing a good job. Anyway. Yes. That's it. And actually, the, uh, the Ezra Institute, I don't know if you've heard of RZAM before. Um, uh, there's this pastor, Joe Boot, who used to work for Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. Anyways, he has a church in downtown Toronto, and he started the Ezra Institute. I think it's ezrainstitute.ca. And he really is getting into about how government works and the spheres of sovereignty, it's called, and, and the places where church can work and where, you know, family and then the state. And mm -hmm. it's He's been doing a lot of great work. I think last week he had some kind of a seminar and there were 50 ministers there and he was teaching them about the power that they have um, and that they can lead and not have to listen to these mandates. Like legally, it's a thing. Legally, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, it, he was coaching a lot of local churches. So hopefully, you know, more churches might, you know, that they have the information, they might step up. Yeah, Kimberly, we're almost out of time. Can I ask you to email me that exact spelling for that link? Sure, sure. Um, for the one you've just mentioned. And then when I get that, I can put it on the video. I think we're out of time. So I'm going to hand, for me, thank you very much. I'll hand back to Kathleen. Yes. So Kimberly, thank you so much. What an honor it was uh, to have you on the show today. So thank you. And thank you all so much for tuning in to our show. We so appreciate you. And again, please keep your comments coming because we love to read them. And if anyone out there is interested in becoming a guest on our show, please don't hesitate to either to reach out to either Peter or myself. And of course, you would certainly make our day if you um, subscribe to our YouTube channel. So until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye.